This message was recorded live at Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church in Plantation, Florida. Welcome to PlantationSDA.tv. Here you will find a diverse variety of Bible-based topics and conversations. God's master plan to inspire your mind, bring peace to your heart, and uplift your soul. May you be blessed and encouraged as you listen to God's Word. Let the church say Amen. If you're happy that the Lord is watching over you, say praise the Lord. Amen. I'm happy he still watches over us and that he has charge over this universe amidst all that is happening. It's good to be here at Plantations. Very happy to be here, as Pastor said earlier, out of the cold of Michigan. <laughs> I want to thank Pastor Rose and the team in a special way for allowing me this privilege to share with members of this, the Plantations Seventh-day Adventist Church. I want to thank in a special way also Elder Smith, uh, Sister Addie, who I've been communicating with for a little bit as I seek to get here. It has been a joy working with God's wonderful children. What do you say? And the reason we're here, as was said earlier, is to seek God's face. We're merging with the World Church in these 10 days of prayer under the caption priorities of faith. We want to affirm faith. We want to seek to build character that will glorify the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm excited to be here and to share and to also engage God's children in times of prayer. I was so happy, Pastor Rose, that as I learned of this 10 days of prayer here plantations that Ella Smith told me, Pastor, we're starting at 21 days of prayer even before and I was privileged to join on those Zoom calls and to pray with God's saints. And each time I joined, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I know God wants to do something awesome in this place. I want to thank again those who are in-house and those who are watching online. I trust that you continue to join us as we share over these few days. And also, we'll be blessed by the other presenters that will be joining us hereafter. Without any further ado, my brothers and sisters... Let's engage in the Word of God under the caption, Divine Calculation. Divine Calculation. And we're looking at this, especially in relation to what Elder Frank Haskell has written about, Less is More, on this the first day in our 10 days of prayer. Less is More. Let's bow our heads as we pray. Our Father God, we're so happy that we can come together in your courts, join online to declare the name of Jesus through the platforms of this plantation, Seventh-day Adventist Church. Oh Lord, we're joining with our brothers and sisters across the world, across this country, oh Father, in these 10 days of prayer, seeking your face, seeking your guidance, Lord, and seeking the outpouring of your Holy Spirit in our lives. I pray in a special way, Lord, that you'll show up in this, your house, show up online and touch the hearts of your children and draw us all closer to you. We thank you for what you'll do in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I love to see work of arts and not just work of arts. I love to see creative arts, my brothers and sisters. In my work as youth director in the Northeast Jamaica Conference, I always sought to get the best created flyer 
the best created work of promotion from the youth. And I must commend the youth who are here this evening and sharing in technology, advancing the cause of Jesus. As I share, my brothers and sisters, in my search for the best reflection of what I want or what I wish to capture, I would always ask several designers to design for me a flyer. <laughs> but one of the designers, her flyers stood out more to me, and I wanted to know what was Pastor Rose, her secret. So I asked her the question, why were your flyers standing out more than the others that were being used? And she responded, along with the theme that we're working with now, she says, less is more. She says, less is more. You see, many of the other flyers that were created, they were crowded with photos. They had good design photos. They had different signs and words, but this designer had the most essential information and that was needed. We, we needed the date, we needed the event, and we needed the time, and we needed, if possible, the person or persons who would be speaking. And to those who design, even the lovely flyer that we saw uh, on this media platform, less is more. You want to get the essentials into what we're seeking to do. Could it be that in our own spiritual walk, my brothers and sisters... We have been cluttered and crowding our lives with beautiful things. Even those things which are, my brothers and sisters, important, but are not necessarily the most essential. Perhaps you don't know what I'm referring to. Let me share with you. Could it be that we're cluttering our lives with work? Could it be that we're cluttering our lives with school and family and quests for material gain and constant striving after excellence? All of these are good things. Pursuit of knowledge. Could it be that we're cluttering our lives with even church work? If you're looking for a single word that describes all of this as we're seeking to engage in these 10 days of prayers, uh, Ella Frank, he describes it as being busy. People are always busy. But sometimes we're so busy that we miss the most essential thing, and that is to spend time with Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters, Jesus cannot be a priority. Jesus must be the priority. My brothers and sisters, he made us his priority. And this is what I want to share with you tonight as we seek to engage in prayer. Jesus showed us how it is, my brothers and sisters, that we can get closer to him and loving him more because of what he has done. He loved us so intently that even before he created us, he made plan to die for us. Mm. He is so into us, my brothers and sisters, that he gave Adam his breath, knowing that one day it would cost him his own life. He's so into us. And Jeremiah, through the book of Lamentation, as our scripture highlights tonight, brothers and sisters, he highlights what we call, or what I consider, divine calculation of Jesus Christ, which you and I should seek to emulate. 
I share with you tonight from two translations. Well, one translation and a paraphrase. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 32 from the King James Version. The word writes and reads, But though he caused grief, yet will he have compassion according to the multitudes of his mercies. But I want to share especially tonight from the clear word paraphrase, my brothers and sisters, for us to understand how much Jesus loves us and pours out himself for us. The clear word says, Lamentations 3.32, he permits a lesser evil. He permits a lesser evil in order to prevent the greater evil that would come. He brings sorrow. But it is mingled with compassion and unending mercy. The book of Lamentations is a book full of songs of mourning. The person who wrote it, Jeremiah, is considered to be the weeping prophet. It was written against the backdrop, my brothers and sisters, of the Babylonian invasion and destruction of Jerusalem. In the verses of this book, Lamentations, we can see the awful sufferings endured by the people of that city at the hand of their enemies. Still, even during this painful turmoil, God had a man in Jerusalem to record the events and to bring honor and glory to his name. And I'm happy to God tonight that amidst all that is happening, God always has a people. And I believe without a shadow of doubt, had it not been for a set of people that have been calling on the name of God, things and matters would have been so worse. But praise God, tonight we have people, even here at Plantation SDA Church, who are so committed to call on the name of Jesus Christ. So Jeremiah, after Jerusalem fell, and many have been killed and taken captive. The prophet does not gloat over it and tell them, I told you so, and sharing that mentality. No. Instead, he becomes broken with remnant and enters into suffering with them. And briefly, the book of Jeremiah, as he wrote it in Lamentations, chapter 1, verse 16, he highlights a number of things that were happening and that would have caused them to mourn. Here's what Jeremiah says in Lamentation 1, 16. He says, the presence of the comforter was not felt anymore. It was as if the Holy Spirit wasn't with God's children. In chapter 2, he says, the solemn feast that they would have done each year or the monthly feast, they weren't being executed aright by the servants of God. There were those priests who sold the gospel, my brothers and sisters, and not wanting to do as God would want them to do. Things had gotten bad in Jerusalem. Things had gotten bad throughout the world, my brothers and sisters, in the time of Jeremiah. And in chapter 4, verse 10, here's what Jeremiah says. This caused him to grieve. In verse 10 of chapter 4, he says, Women ate their children for meal. The hands of sobbing women were now discussing who is going to be the next child. 
Whose child is going to be the next child for dinner or for breakfast or for lunch, whatever it is? Whose child is going to be the next child to be executed for food? Things had gotten bad in Jerusalem. In chapter 5, verse 22, Pastor Rose, Jeremiah said he cried because the prayers weren't seemingly reaching farther than the roof. Things had gotten cruelly and tough in Jerusalem. But praise God, in chapter 3, Jeremiah says, though he caused grief, he's always compassionate. Though he allows it to happen, my brothers and sisters, he wants you to know that God has a divine calculation. And his divine calculation is to allow the lesser evil in order to prevent the greater evil that would have come upon us. After enduring a life like this, Jeremiah, after he was rejected, hated, mocked, imprisoned, ignored, after seeing his beloved Jerusalem ransacked, Brothers and sisters, desecrated Jeremiah even amidst all that was happening in chapters 1, 2, 4, and 5. In the middle of the book, chapter 3, he says, It is by the Lord's mercies while we're not consumed because his faithfulness does not fail. They're new to us every morning. Great is God's faithfulness. And I want to share with Plantation tonight that amidst all that is happening in our world, our God is faithful. He's still faithful. I want you to know amidst all that the government says, God is still faithful. Amidst all that the leaders of society want to say, God is still faithful. Jesus is still faithful. Jeremiah says he permits the lesser evil to come upon us so as not to have us receive the greater evil. So you're experiencing sickness. It's the lesser evil. The enemy wanted somebody dead. My brothers and sisters, there are pains in your limbs. It's the lesser evil. The greater evil is that the enemy wanted us all wiped out. But praise God, he does not permit the greater evil. My brothers and sisters, some of us are going through emotional turmoil, but that's the lesser evil. The enemy would have wanted us to walk around crazy, my brothers and sisters, in our minds. But praise God, he permits the lesser evil to avoid the greater evil. And somebody asked tonight, Pastor, what about those who die in the Lord? That's the lesser evil. <laughs> Because this is the first death. The Bible tells us that one day, my brothers and sisters, those who die in the Lord, the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air. I want to remind you that God permits the lesser evil. Lamentations 3.32 as to avoid the greater evil. That would have come upon us. I link this text, Lamentations 3, 32 with Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. Paul writes, he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But, but he made himself of no reputation. And he took upon himself the form of a servant. 
And being found in likeness as a man, Paul says he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. I want to put to you tonight that Jesus did the lesser evil to pro 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 provide for our needs and not just provide for our need but to avoid the greater evil. God becoming man is the lesser evil. God becoming man, my brothers and sisters, is coming to this earth to avoid each of us being doomed forever. The greater evil. We ought to emulate Jesus Christ. And that is what Frank Haskell is saying. He says, over these few days of prayer, he highlights the dangers of clinging to the things of this world. As it highlights, my brothers and sisters, the deficits of the grasp of God's kingdom is what we hold on to when we hold on to the things of this world. In this, he shares the thought that we can't seek to have God on top of everything else. God is not a nice name on a cake. God is the source and he's the substance of the cake. God is not a backup plan. He's not an option. God is God all by himself. For us, my brothers and sisters, as God's children, we must seek to have God in his right place. It's either he's God of all or he's not God at all. We must lessen trust in everything else and place our trust in God. Less is more. Paul tells us in Ephesians that we should seek to walk wisely in this world, noting, my pastor, that the days are evil. Our lives are packed, <laughs> packed to the brim with so many things. Things that we want to pursue. Frank says, in a society that is madly driven by consumerism and marketing, we are easily lured into believing that the more we have is the happier we become. Because of this tempting advertisement all around us, we wrongly desire to have it all. Sometimes we extend this thinking even to our work for God. We want to serve God, but at the same time, we don't want to miss out on anything else that crosses our path. And so we desperately try to harmonize our desire to serve God with the endless pursuit of more and more things. This leads us to what Frank calls a whirlwind of activities. In a restless hurry, we fool ourselves into believing that we can follow God without letting go of everything else. When we apply this false thinking to our walk with God, we are, he says, deceived. We are deceived. We cannot serve God and mammon. It's either we serve him like Elijah said to the children of Israel on Mount Carmel, choose you this day whom you will serve. If Baal be God, serve him. But if God is God, serve him. Solomon himself, the wisest man noted to live, he was a man of great means. He had more money than he could spend. <laughs> he had more power than he could exercise. He had more material possession than he could enjoy. He had more accomplishments than any of this 
predecessors, his predecessors. He had more wisdom than any before or after him. He had more wives and concubines that he could please. He had everything. He's a person of the world would want today. Solomon had it all. Yet he discovered that without a walk with God, it was all vanity, meaningless, worthless, futile, and empty. Without God, my brothers and sisters, we are nothing. My question to you tonight to ponder, what is it you think that you don't have that you'd make you happy? Hmm. More money? More power? More intimacy? A bigger house? A nicer car? What is it that you think can make you happy tonight? Is it more recognition? Is it more fame or fortune? Here is a man who had it all and he said all of this was empty. A story was told of a rich man once who was determined to give his mother the best gift for her birthday. <laughs> he, he read of a bird that had a vocabulary of over 4,000 words. <laughs> he could speak numerous languages and sing three operatic areas. He immediately bought the bird for $50,000 and had it delivered to his mother. The next day he phoned his mother and he asked her, Mom, did you get the gift I sent you for your birthday? And Mom said, yes, I got it. And he asked the next question, what do you think of it, Sister Addie? And, and Mom responded, Pastor, and she said, it was delicious. <laughs> It was delicious. My brothers and sisters, what is it that could bring you happiness? In chapter 2 of Ecclesiastes, quickly Solomon says, verses 12 to 13, my knowledge didn't affect lasting changes to the world around me. He says in verses 14 to 15, both the wise, these are some lessons we can learn from Solomon. He says, both the wise and the foolish live with the same issues. And not just that, verse 16, he says, both the wise and the foolish, they meet the same end. And that is death. He continues in verse 17, he says, when life is about what I have done, it is bitter and hard. Life cannot just be about what you have, what you have done, or what you've been. He says in verses 18 through 23, even my accomplishments have lost their luster. Tonight, my brothers and sisters, less is more. A fulfilled life is one that acknowledges. A fulfilled life, Solomon says, is one that acknowledges God as ruler of all. In verse 25, he says, A thankful spirit that counts blessings brings peace to the heart. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings, just see what God has done. We're talking about priorities of faith. My brothers and sisters, God blesses those who walk with him, Solomon says in verse 26, and uses the things built by others who walk in darkness to bless a godly man. This is no comfort to the lost man. And then finally he says, in summoning up all, he says, only a life that is lived in a walk with the God that created us has meaning less is more 
What is it that you cherish more than the things of God? Tonight, God is saying, give me all. Give me your hearts. Jesus Christ demonstrated that when he gave up his divinity. To become humanity. That is what Paul shared. Jesus gave us the perfect example. He gave up divinity to become human, being my brothers and sisters, so that he could associate with you and I to save us from our sins. We cannot tonight be holding on to the things of the world and on to Jesus at the same time. Something must give. Something must give. And it takes great faith to give that thing. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Tonight, I encourage you, do that divine calculation. Mark 8, 36 to 38, what does it profit a man to gain this whole world and lose his soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Let's let go of this world and let's hold on to Jesus Christ. You're saying, Pastor, tonight on this start of the 10 days of prayer, I want to give Jesus everything. I want to surrender every aspect of my life to him. I want him to take me, mold me, make me, fashion me after his similitude. You do not want anything like the songwriter says to stand between you and Jesus. You just want to be sold out to God and his desires for your life. If that's your desire, would you just raise your hands? If that's your desire in the chat, would you just type nothing between by the grace of God? And there are also some numbers on the screen. You can text prayer. You can text faith. You can text into these numbers and make your call in an election sure with Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, how we thank you that you have done the divine calculation. Jeremiah summarizes it this way to say you permit the lesser evil in order to avoid the greater evil that would have come upon us. You showed us, Lord, how it is important for us to think less of ourselves, and the perfect demonstration is Jesus Christ emptying himself of divinity, become human being so that he can save sinful humanity because you love us. Tonight, Lord, your children have committed here in the church and those who are online that they want nothing between their souls and the Savior. May as we continue this journey in our priorities of faith, may we seek to grow in you and get to know you more as we connect with you through prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 This podcast was brought to you by Plantation Seven-day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.